This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Good morning. Welcome to Welcome Home Radio this morning. It's Gerard Lozano with you. And it's a special day, other than being January 11th. Beautiful day in front. Is it the 11th? Yeah. It is. Don, don't try to correct me already. We're just started. Sometimes you need it. Well, we're beginning another year. 13th year for Welcome Home Radio, which I'm going to get corrected already. The way I count, it's only 12. Well, I'm looking forward. So we'll hit 13 at some point. And as that's... many times as I've done this show, it feels like 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it lives on forever in podcast affinity. So this morning, very good. Welcome Home Radio, of course, is brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors, where we share real estate information um, up and down the valley. Today, we're going to expand that reach up into the Bay Area. Want to welcome Jim Hamilton. Good morning, Good 2005 CAR president. It was actually 1822, but who's counting? You keep telling me 1822, you look great. And also you were probably, a, I'll just going to assume, a local president as well, yes? I was actually in Southern California back in 95. Mm-hmm. Which I, I guess I'm saying I'm a little elderly these days. No, oh, that's not come true. on. And what association was that with? I was a South Bay Association. Wonderful. And South Bay being what? Long Beach? Uh, primarily Redondo Beach, Torrance, Hawthorne, Lawndale, San Pedro. We actually took, gosh, my year we took six associations and merged them into one. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. That happened during your year it or did. prior? No, during. that happened all in my year. Yep. Mm. Had some... Interesting times. Had uh, some, made some good friends, and, and there's people today enemies. who still think <laughs> I screwed everything up. But <laughs> it so worked. you made some good enemies too. Absolutely, but it worked. Well, last night was special. I thought so. I That's had a good why time. I still, I still have uh, morning voices because last night was an installation, the 115th year for the Fresno Association of Realtors this year. And Don Scordino, congratulations, Mr. President. Thank you. We made that, it official last night. Yeah, I actually started January 1st. Um, so, but now it's it's real. That's so. right. And I'm really happy because it's a leap year, so that gives me a whole extra day. <laughs> <laughs> and I will tell you, I, I love doing the radio show, but I primarily came out because of Don's installation and being president. I wanted to honor him and in the positions he's taking on for the second time. Right. And that, Now, you kind of have to question Don's intelligence a little bit that he knew going in what it took to be president and he still stood up and said yeah I'll do it again so and, it, and the first time I did it was not an easy year that was 2008 and you remember housing great, was great time in real estate yeah <laughs> and hockey hockey yes right when you drop the puck at the oh uh, yes well, forever go, ahead. go you, down. You, I mean, this is a sport. This is ESPN Radio. Don drops the puck. You know what a, what an honor it is. I'm sure you've done it at a, a Sharks game, probably, I, I haven't, Jim. but... Uh, no? Do we really have no? to talk about hockey right now? Yes. My poor guys. My poor well, Sharks. 
they're 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 struggling, but they're they their hearts in the right place. So you know, we have the honor of Don Scordino dropping the puck at the Fresno Falcons game. Wow! Next day in the paper, Falcons pulling out of Fresno, shutting everything down. <laughs> I said, "What, so, kind, what so kind of deal is that?" Let's set the record here. So I understand that. So you drop the puck, hockey team leaves. You become president. Your CEO decides to retire. What's yeah. the deal here? Yeah. Well, it. I didn't think it was me. But I'm starting Jim, to wonder. I'm starting to want. I'm looking at myself. I told Donna this morning, 12-31-2020, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the year. <laughs> so, Don, just sit tight. Well, you well, know what? You're 25. You've got a long know, ways to go. I got, I'm good, but I don't know. So, let's talk more about real estate now. You know, we talk, Don's slogan is the spirit of cooperation this year. You made, Jim made some excellent points you spoke last night to our group of 400 people it was a sold out room evening event everybody looked beautiful and in downtown fresno yeah right next door at the grand mm-hmm. i'm glad that we all just slept up in the mezzanine and uh walked over here this morning because we the show have. is live as everybody knows mm-hmm. and i'm not joking it's a beautiful day out here um but you spoke about the spirit of cooperation what we you know we every week after week we share with the uh, listeners the public and there's members of course that listen up and down the state up and down the valley and uh, they all have to cooperate we talk about the quarterback you know we put the team together you have your team up in Los Gatos where you do your business it's all it's it's all the same but it's very different we can get into those market differences but the spirit of cooperation up and down the state with realtors affiliates they're all doing the same thing for the main goal of the dream of home ownership for those that achieve it, want to get there someday, have to go through some struggles. But you want to talk about the spirit of cooperation and, and for instance, up in the Bay Area. Well, let's go to more basic <clears throat> and and cooperation can take a lot of different <laughs> avenues and wear yeah. a lot of different hats. But in our business, there's something I've seen that's happened and there's been a trend and it's been going on for a long time, but the national association is actually taking a different stance on it and trying to bring us back to where we need to be. And that's the idea of cooperating with each other. So uh, I'll address the uh, sellers out there. The people are thinking about selling property Mm -hmm. and many times agents will try and convince you that the best way to sell your house is just to keep it within my fold, keep it in my office or just keep it to me and, and I'll get the best buyer for you. And and um, whose benefit is that really? Is mm-hmm. it for the consumer or is it for the agent? And in that spirit of cooperation, when we cooperate with each other, we work together. Uh, one of our past presidents, Gary Thomas, coined an expression called, called coopetition, where we compete every single day, but at the same time we cooperate with each other to help bring about a successful real estate transaction for both the buyer and seller. But when you're thinking about listing your house, having agents cooperate with each other and getting your property out there to as many people as possible is in your best interest. And think about it from just a logical perspective. If you expose your property to 10 people, so I've got my little pool of 10 agents and we share properties with Mm -hmm. each other and we'll get your property closed. You'll hear great reasons why to do this. But the reality is if I expose your property to 10 people or I I expose your property to 3,000 agents out there, which do you think is going to create a better result? 
And that's what we're trying to get back to is that spirit of cooperation with each other. It's it's in the agent's best interest, but more importantly, it's in the client's best interest. And that's really part of what Don's theme is, I think, this year is, is that idea of working together, not against each other. We compete. We, we take care of our clients. We, we try and do the best for each mm-hmm. of our clients. If I represent a buyer, I represent the seller. My job is to make sure that they get the best they can. But at the same time, even though I don't represent the other side, is make sure everyone is taken care of and treated fairly. That's actually in our code of ethics. And you know, when you say that you're there to help your client get the best that they can, that doesn't necessarily mean just price because there's terms and time in there too. So that's where communication with the cooperating broker, the other broker, in finding common ground. Maybe the seller needs a little extra time to move um, and, and they're willing to make a concession in price, which benefits the buyer, but then you find that benefit for the seller of extra time or shorter time. Um, sometimes terms enter into that. They, I have one going on right now where they're waiting for a check in the mail from an insurance company and they needed an extension. Well, with through good communication, we're working that out. Check's still mm-hmm. in the mail, but right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's gonna work. The yeah. important, and, and Don, you're right on point. The, the important part about that is you can get the best deal in the world, best terms in the world, but if you don't close, what good does it do? So it's getting, again, that representation, working with everybody, and that goes from, so a lot of people out there don't really understand the intricacies of a transaction because we try and make it look as easy as possible. That's our job. Mm-hmm. If it was really complicated, you wouldn't need us. You'd get out there and figure out how to do it yourself. It's like, okay, I'll get through this. But we try and make it as easy as possible for you, the, the consumer, to have an easy, smooth transaction. But what's going on in the background, think about it. You're working with another agent. You're working with a lender. You're working with an escrow company. You're working title. You might be working with a, a termite company, an inspector. All these people have to come together and cooperate together to make as smooth a transaction as possible. And when things don't go so smooth, that's when that cooperation really kicks in of everybody working together to get past that hiccup in the road. And sometimes those hiccups could be mountainous. Mm-hmm. But right. we find a way to make it work. But if you're not working together, it's like it, I told our, fall apart. our staff, you know, the duck just glides on the water. But underneath, it's paddling like heck. And, and the clients, that's all you want to see is that duck. As a client, right, you just want to see the duck just getting across the river to the other side. What happens underneath, we're going to get into because I think it might be an interesting little discussion about what goes into selling a home and what you guys deal with. All of our agents everywhere in the state when you go, when you take that listing and Mr. and Mrs. Seller just want to get that house sold, let's talk about that. But first, let's go to our first commercial break. You're listening to Welcome Home Radio on 940 ESPN. Good morning. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. Gerard Lozano this morning. Don Scordino's here. Jim Hamilton's here. We've got a good team today. I mean, I'm being partial because 
Jim is here, and he, he's making us all look and sound uh, wonderful. Don't sell yourself short, Mr. New CEO <laughs> of the world. Well, I appreciate that, but... Shout out to Mary, a, by the way. Of course. Got to give a shout out to Mary, who retired after 36 years of running the Fresno Association. And, and <laughs> <laughs> the reality is... Forget the association for a minute and everything she did to keep that running. She put up with all of us realtors for 36 years. Mm-hmm. And guess what you get to do for the next 36 hey. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that well, because he may not stick around that long after that. I'm happy with the 22 years of service thus far. We'll see what 23 looks like with <laughs> yeah, your seat partner over there. Don't forget I on the Fresno Falcons. <laughs> there you go. So let's continue with the, uh, the duck gliding across and what you guys deal with. You you take the listing, just, you know, consumers listen up because, you know, you sign that listing. It's a big deal to to list the home and whether or not you're going to go buy a home, that's the whole other side of the thing, but you list the house. Okay, Mr. Realtor Jim, Mr. Realtor Don, I see you tell me days on market could be like 45 days, maybe even 30. So you walk out the door, you got 29 more to go and you better get it sold. What happens during that first week? There's there's meetings. There's association caravans. Much you probably have them at your Bay Area association um, mailers. But so talk for a, a minute and get this rolling. The internet's here, right? Well, so do you just go back and just push one button and just and it back up a second though. You said you take the listing. What mm-hmm. happens before you take the listing? That's oh. an excellent point, I, I Jim. Think about. I think what's really important for people to understand, the funny thing is I don't even carry business cards in my pocket because it makes me feel like a salesman. Mm. And don't get me wrong, being in sales is a noble profession. It's been as long around as long as man's been around. But I've never considered myself a salesman. I consider myself a real estate counselor. And when you say take that listing, when I sit down and talk to people, we may walk away from the table deciding it's not the right time for them to sell. It's not the right reasons to sell. Mm-hmm. It's more important for you to stay in your home right now. Like if you're dealing with a senior who's got a ton of equity in their house but can't afford payments anymore, but they really love where they live and they want to stay there, but they're thinking, I, I can't stay anymore, I can't afford it. And you talk to them about reverse mortgages and help them stay in their home. That's, that's our job helping people get to where they need to be and having the resources to help them get to where they need to be before they even know what their needs are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you get to that listing point. But yes, you talk Good about points. a listing. What happens Great with the points. home? How about prepping the home? How about counseling the people on how to show the home? Yeah. How about when they have people coming into their home? What are the risks that they're going to face? There are so many facets. I, I think that <clears throat> if Don and I sat here and thought about it and put it on a piece of paper of all the things you counsel on about uh, selling a home and all the things that go into it, I mean, you could write a book on this pretty much. I'm sure there's been many written, yeah, as a matter of fact. And, and you, brought, you brought that up. You can do anything these days. We just talked about uh, online, MD. I said, you know, <laughs> I did my taxes at one year. TurboTax. Every, every button I pushed, I was oh, this one or the other one? And it's supposedly guiding you because you could do anything. But Well, let, let's, let's kill that myth real quick. Wow. So can somebody sell their own house? Yes, they can. Mm-hmm. No question. Can somebody diagnose their own medical needs? Yes, they can. 
Can somebody go to court and represent themselves? Mm -hmm. Yes, they can. Can somebody do their own taxes? Yes, they can. Should they? Probably not. Everything that goes into it. So WebMD, for example, I can go on there and and I'm not feeling well and I go and read all the things and by the time I get done, I've discovered I have malaria, uh, which is obviously not the case. Um, You'd never think about going into court and representing yourself in court. But because, again, because we've made this look relatively simple, and there's so much stuff on the internet now, I can just throw my house on the internet and, mm-hmm. and away we go. There are, be, uh, setting aside the legality of it and the things that you have to do as a seller of a home that the law does not allow ignorance as an excuse, that you could actually get in trouble and the liability that you could create. It's not about just getting somebody to walk up and say, yeah, I'll pay you this for your house. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that go into that that that's why we're here and that's why we do what we do. And by the way, I've never met a computer yet that can negotiate a transaction, hold someone's hand when they need the hand holding, counsel them the way they need to be counseled. If all my job was to do was to put a price on your house, put a sign in the front yard and say, have at it. Right. Yeah. Go, go back to the office go, or go, go get home. get the computers or, yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think at least in my time we'll ever get there. You know, there's something that is really important in my process when I list a home, and it's the systems that I've created and knowing how to work those systems. And part of it is that spirit of cooperation. So when I put something into the multiple listing service, there's a lot of thought that goes into that ahead of time. Um, You know, how to market it, how to present the property. Uh, It may have taken two or three months for the seller to get the home ready. And I always love it when a seller says, wow, good job, Don, you got the home sold in five days. And I said, no, actually it was three months and five days because we spent three months right. getting ready for this before the sign ever went up, before it went in MLS. The bark in the front yard is a key one. Oh, they're getting ready. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. The bark. Exactly. Right. It, but also, so there's a system there. Um, so when it goes into the MLS, it also goes, there's a, a process. It, yeah. it goes other places too. But more importantly, I think, is the name on the listing because that's that rep, it's a reputation that you create by being cooperative and other agents knowing that, okay, here's a cooperative agent. We're going go to go, I'm going to find a buyer for that. And we're going to go mm-hmm. to town. And everybody knows somebody. I mean, Fresno's, that's a small town, right? Um, our 4,300 members, when the sellers interview realtors, right? You're thinking about it. Talk to a bunch of them. You're going to, somebody in your family, friend, your sphere, your neighbor on either side across the street, they're going to say, oh, call so-and-so, call so-and-so. Yeah, call them and then call five more and and get the vibe between you and make sure you're you're feeling comfortable. I can deal with him or her for the next five months, say, or whatever it is, because that's key too, right? You want to have a good relationship. You talked about it might not be the right time to sell, move, buy. You want no, to be you, able to have a heart to heart right. with people. And, huh? and you talk about Fresno being a small town, and then you think of Silicon Valley mm-hmm. where I'm at, that it's this huge metropolis and there's thousands of agents. There are. But you know what? All real estate's local. Mm-hmm. 
So if I'm selling in a particular neighborhood or I'm buying in a particular neighborhood, I want to know I've got the person that knows that area, knows that neighborhood, knows what's going on, and that makes it local. But I'll also tell you, even in that huge group, you know who the good agents are. I do. Other agents that do a lot of business there know who the good agents are, know who the easy ones to work with, and that goes to Don's uh, part about cooperation, is when you go as a listing agent, you might have a couple offers come in and, and this one agent, you know, boy, they're just, they're so hard to work with. And then you have this other agent who you've done a transaction with before, it's like, they make things happen, they're so easy to work with, issue comes up, we resolve it together. Which one do you think you're gonna lean towards if they're similar offers? So, I can work with anybody. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's human nature if you find somebody, because you want to know the transaction is going to close too. As much as you want it for your seller, you want it for you as an agent. So you're going to look for that agent that, that you cooperate with. Same thing when I'm representing a buyer. Those listing agents that are out there, you know the ones that are ethical, that cooperate, and you're going to say, well, and I even tell my clients, my buyers, mm-hmm. I gear them up. Mm-hmm. That great house, perfect house for you, we're gonna have to work really hard on this one because this agent operates this way. Or you're gonna love this transaction because this agent's so easy to work with. So you do get reputations out there and it's not that hard to find out who the good ones are and who the not so good ones are. Yeah, I um, there's been many a time on a transaction where I wanted to get mad at the other agent, but that, you know, because maybe something didn't go right or there was a mistake made. But it's better to cooperate, communicate, and fix it. And then create a good reputation for down the line. That Because that other agent is somebody you may deal with again two years from now. Let's be honest between the two of us here. Don't tell anybody, I guess, huh? Yeah, just, <laughs> this, this is off off the air, so... I hate to tell you, you this, but we're on the air. I know. <laughs> Have you ever been in a transaction <clears throat> where you wanted to literally call the other agent and say, you know, just stay home and, and we'll send you your commission check when it's all done because you're doing nothing but screwing this deal up? Well, I'd like to, but sometimes their voicemail's full. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> Good you point. can't leave a message. Good point. <laughs> uh, and, and, and there's different ways of doing this, too. I mean, Don and I are kind of old school. We were talking about this earlier this morning before we went on air, that the way each of us happen to do our business is we take every part of the transaction and handle it. We're the orchestra leader. So whether it's dealing with an escrow company, dealing with a disclosure, we don't hand it off to somebody else to take care of it. We like to be very hands-on. There are other people who have teams that, that have people that work within their team to do things. And that's fine too. Yeah, There isn't a right way or wrong mm-hmm. way. It's just how we decide to do our business. Yeah. I, and cooperation is so important uh, because you have two different parties. And I'm talking about an escrow transaction, a sale. I'm not talking about the federal government. So you, you have uh, two different parties they each have their different needs, their wants, um, and and goals. So you gotta find common ground so that you because it's gonna end up being one transaction. You know, maybe we should talk uh, politics here 
That's two different parts. No, I was not. just wondering no. if you were going to go down that road or not. But you know, in all seriousness, you talked about this last night, Don, at your installation. I thought it was so right on that we as realtors out there dealing with housing needs, dealing with all the different things that happen out there and cooperating with our local officials, whether it be city council or uh, somebody from the county, a supervisor who obviously they were at your installation last night. You had representatives there, which obviously says a lot about you, says a lot about the association. Uh, but that spirit of cooperation and helping them solve problems, I think I'm very proud of the fact that realtors have led the way in many, many areas. And here's one where we can do it again without getting political, but setting the example of how this works. And wouldn't it be awesome that if Washington picked up on that message and, and that Congress understood that spirit of cooperation, which used to be there. It's how our country got formed. You can disagree all you want. You can have arguments all you want. And that's what makes it better sometimes is that argument. But at the end, you come together and cooperate to make it better. And I think we can lead that example. Mm -hmm. And that is one of my goals for 2020. And I said it last night to our board of supervisors and our city council is that um, I'd like our association to really cooperate with them to help them solve issues. We're the people on the streets with housing. We know the issues, and more importantly, we know the unintended consequences of an action. Um, and I think if we can communicate that and cooperate with them, and they cooperate back by, by listening, I, I think we're going to solve some problems. You know, you, I'll add to that, Don. I think it's, it's a great point to make, and it's, maybe we're tooting our own horn here a little bit, but people need to keep in mind that realtors live in these neighborhoods. We're your neighbors. We're not just out there to turn houses and make a buck and and find what next house we can sell. We live there too. We want what's best for the community. If you looked at our realtors and the realtors in Fresno and how many different places that they're involved, mm -hmm. they're not gonna talk about it. They yeah. don't do it because they're looking for the accolades. They live in this neighborhood they understand this city and they want the city to be better too. And so we're very involved. As a matter of fact, people will be amazed, but the California Association of Realtors, you think this is a big lobbying group just for realtors. It's not. The mm -hmm. majority of things we take on are private property rights. And so that spirit of cooperation, you're right, Don, we are on the street. We see what's going out there and we want what's better not just for our clients, but for our own families, for our own kids. We want a better community for our kids to live in. And so we get involved in the different councils and the different communities and the different groups and just get the job done. And so if you're, what I would say is to the folks that are listening out there that have the uh, position to put people in different committees and whatnot, yeah. look to realtors. They want to be involved and they want to help. And it isn't just about making a buck. All right, we're up against our next commercial break, and I've got a great segment coming. Stay tuned, you two here. Don't leave, okay? we got a half hour more. You're listening to Welcome Home Radio on ESPN 940. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. All right. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. I might be... Um, 
rewriting and re-recording and playing the drums on this song by the end of the year with Scordino as president. Or I'm going to look on the positive side. Welcome Jim Hamilton <laughs> from Los Gatos, I see San one of Jose. my favorite songs in all the world. And, and, uh, it's kind of my theme song, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you lived up there? Because uh, we've known you for 20, 22 for me, right? Yeah. CAR yep. meetings in the... I've been in the Bay Area about 15 years now. Um, wow. And uh, does this broadcast down to L.A.? Bakersfield. Maybe at the top of the grape. Okay, because I don't necessarily want my family or my friends down in L.A. hearing this. Oh. They, they can stream it online. We'll keep it off that podcast, which is available in Tokyo as well. <laughs> so we'll just send an email I have that way, huh? no desire to have back I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll send it out to every association. Download this. Perfect. Episode. Okay. Other, other, just Southern California, actually. I, I love the people in LA. I have great friends down there. Always will. Most of my family's down there. The beaches are phenomenal. It's just too darn crowded for me. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, and and the the attitudes of people here, uh, it's just different. Uh, and I and I love being up here, and could not imagine being anyplace else for the rest of my life. Wonderful. So that's one of the reasons I like coming out to see you guys too, because you have such a great group of people. There's even less people here, huh? That's well, true. I mean, you know what I mean. It's I, I, driving over here. I happened to be right at the right time, mm-hmm. and I took one of the farm roads um, in between five really? and ninety-nine. Oh yeah, and uh, in the background was this phenomenal sunset. Yeah, and in front of me is this massive full moon, and I literally called my wife, hands-free by the way, while I was driving, <laughs> uh, and I said, "I said you should be with me right now. This is as good." <laughs> as it gets in California. This is absolutely yeah. beautiful. Uh, but Northern California, I mean, there's so much stuff to do here. And you guys, I mean, Yosemite is one of my favorite right. places in the world. I could fall out of bed on Saturday morning and be Yosemite, what, an hour? Easy. So, And, and we talk about that often, you know, it's like oh, two and a half, two hours, hour and a half. It's all there for the valley. Yep. You know? Hey, Jim, when you're driving home today, I want you to think about something. You say Southern California is so crowded, and we're not crowded here at all. But the reason why is here in the Central Valley, you can drive all four directions and go somewhere. You can't do that in Southern California. You can only, because you're one well, way you're, you're going to hit could, the but ocean. your car might get wet, but yeah. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> and you can't build homes out in the ocean, or at least not yet. Um they may create those bubble homes. Houseboat. And, and I'll tell you, oh. the, the Bay Area is getting Quincy pretty crowded too, traffic-wise. And, and uh, I mean, the freeways are, are starting to back up, kind of getting that LA-ish feeling. Uh, so I think we have to be a little bit careful about how we deal with transit and whatnot in the Bay Area. Uh, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, I where I'm at, I can be in giant redwoods in about 15 minutes. Mm. Um, nice. And, and I ocean's 20 minutes away. And so there's there's a a lot of things to do there, a lot of places to go, but we do have to be careful about kind of the overcrowding of the barrier as well. How is the market there? Cause you know, we, for the last, I'm gonna say 15 to 18 months, we've heard all kinds of things about how the market's gonna slow down. Have not really seen that here in, in Fresno. I, there may have been a slight slowdown, but it's still a fast moving market. Um, the in fact, the best way I like to put it is our market went from 75 miles an hour to 65 miles an hour, 65, still fast and moving. Although come here, we are the first two weeks of January. I think we're back up to 70, mm. but how would you well, describe it? 
I was taught a lesson a long time ago. Anybody ask you how the market is, you say, unbelievable. <laughs> so it kind of covers it all, doesn't it? That guy was a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so, those seminars. So to use your analogy, we were running about 120 miles an hour, and now we're back at about 75. Uh, the market's definitely slowed down in the Bay Area, which it needed to. It was completely out of control. So while we slowed down, and there's some interesting dynamics taking place, and I think this is pretty true for all of California, although the Bay Area is pretty unique. We have seen, we started to see a buildup of inventory, but buyers were starting to take longer to pull the trigger. You're seeing houses sitting on the market longer. And I think that was a dynamic of the buyers were just so beat up and so tired. Unfortunately, we just, I just met with our deputy uh, chief economist for the California Association of Realtors. And what we're seeing now is inventory starting to drop off again. And so good for sellers, not so good for buyers. But even with that, they're not, they're not predicting the double digit uh, inflation that we have seen and, and appreciation that we've seen. Sorry, not inflation, but appreciation. Um, it's going to be in the single digits and, and could be, you know, two or 3% over the next year. So you guys so. actually had double-digit appreciation for in, a number of years. So, like which years? Probably starting around 2012 until last year, and last year was probably not double-digit, but um, just about. And uh, you had people who bought in 2009, 2008, 2010 when the market really was at the bottom that have, in some cases, made 100% appreciation on the house. So that points out a big difference here in the Central Valley. I don't think we've seen double-digit appreciation during those time frames. We did back in 03, 04, and 05. And of course, that was when everything was really out of control. The market was on steroids, and that was a big part of what caused the crash. But that's why I think our Central Valley is a very stable market. We've had reasonable growth, four, five, maybe 6% a year. And, well, and, and that's, that's sustainable. That's, that's very sustainable. And double digit is not. And that's one of the things we're running into right now. I can tell you from a personal example, my son Brian and his wife Whitney, shameless plug for my kids, uh, they live in Santa Cruz right now, they're renting, and they want to be homeowners in the worst way. But affordability has just crushed them and their ability to buy. And you're seeing people moving out of the Bay Area because they simply mm -hmm. can't afford to buy a home there. Rents are astronomical. Uh, the cost of living is dramatically higher there. So there's, there's a cost factor to that. So when you have really high incomes, which we do with all the tech companies. They pay their people very well. Um, most of my clients come from the tech companies. Um, the people who protect our streets, the policemen, mm -hmm. the firemen, the, the nurses, the people who work in restaurants, they're having a very difficult time. And, and you're actually hearing now of people literally driving from here to the Bay Area to work. Just this week, there was a news news on our friends up in Merced. They're they're talking about a the, a train, not that train, not the fast train. The other one that's going to link up with Tracy eventually, and then beyond that, Dublin, Pleasanton. But they have those Uber commuters, hour and a half. Yep. One way. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, if it's longer than 10 minutes for me, I get frustrated going from home to work, right? But Agreed. I'm upset that just, I'm driving from Clovis well, Don, to Fresno. Don's but, got like 45 because he lives out in Clovis, uh, you know, but um, they, I can't comprehend it. Your son, you know, going to move to Los Banos, hour away from right here to no, Los he's Banos. No, he's going to move to Oregon. <laughs> oh, totally so, different. He's uh, not it, wanting to get away from dad, is he? Well, that's a whole different issue. <laughs> uh, no, but Dad might follow him. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but it, it is a, it is a serious issue and one we're Certainly trying to grapple is. with. And and you saw the state get involved in this too, as far as ADU units, um, as far as people being able to build a second unit on a property to help with that kind of housing crunch. And then you have the NIMBYs, who not in my backyards. Like, look, I've got my little single family neighborhood, and I like living here. I understand that, yeah. and it's it's a tough issue uh, of how you deal with this, but at the same time, we've got to figure out a way, and again, it goes right back to your issue of, of cooperation and people working together, companies working with cities, cities working with companies. How do I house my people who work for me? There's a reason that Apple spent is spending $3 billion in Houston developing a campus there. Why? Not because Houston's so much better than, sorry, Houston, we love where we live, uh, but not that Houston's so much better of a community. It's just cheaper to live there. My people can find housing here. And so I'm going to make that investment there. And so we have to do a better job now. And this is not something new. This has been going on since we've all been doing this. Housing's always been Mm -hmm. an issue and will continue to be. There's some large companies that came to Fresno all to... Um, some different distribution places, and you know the city gave them some tax breaks. There's people in the city, neighbors. Why do we do that? Well, you bring people, in, bring a large corporation in like that. It's going to be money long term, right? But you have to take both sides. You have to cooperate with these companies to get them to come here. You got to give them something to get here, and you they're going to they're going to employ local people. They may have folks come from another area, and ultimately, it's going to be a good thing. I'll tell you how right. that works. My tax dollars went to some of that tax break that Ulta got sure. for moving here. Right. But I've also sold a couple of homes to uh, new employees of Ulta that moved from out of the area to Fresno. Mm-hmm. So that's that cooperation thing. Not that I was a part of that, but I'm a. Well, right. I, I was a. I was a uh, giver and a taker on that. See, I would look at it as a citizen lives here, not necessarily from a real estate perspective. Mm-hmm. Is if a corporation comes here, they create jobs, that trickles out to the entire economy. It isn't just because they're gonna buy a house. They're also right, gonna be right. eating in the restaurants. They're also gonna be shopping in the grocery stores. They're also gonna be shopping at the department stores and bringing money back into this economy that every economy needs. At the same time, I will, I'll be your, your ghost of, of uh, Christmas future here. Oh yeah, I didn't get my question in, but we're, I'll tell everybody, but okay. go ahead, yeah. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future says, plan your growth properly. Because just bringing big companies in and creating all this stuff creates its own issues as well. So while you should be in favor and, and look at that bigger picture as opposed to, well, why did they get this and I didn't? Mm-hmm. In the long run, it's gonna benefit you as well and the whole economy of this area but plan it properly so that you don't sit on your commute that used to be 10 minutes, that's now 45 yeah, minutes. I don't want it to go, but. 
I've seen that in the Bay yeah. in the last 15 years where people were 20 minutes to work. Now it's an hour and it's only going to get worse. So it's something to think about. On that note, I'm still going to ask my question when we come back from this next commercial break. You're listening to Welcome Home Radio on 940 ESPN. Take me home, country roads, all my memories. Welcome back. That's another good one. These are Don songs, huh? Listeners, when Don's here, the music reflects it. When I get to come and I speak to the best board operator, Bobby, I said, Bobby, let's pep it up a little bit. Let's get into the 2000s. So my question... By, by the way, how about a little uh, acknowledgement for the man behind the microphone? Over again? There running the show, Bobby. Again, I just said the best board operator, Bobby. Let's uh, do it again. You see how much I was paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Turn your headphones Bobby, great on. job. <laughs> yeah, I think he does pretty and good. The, is that a Bulldogs or a Braves? Braves. He knows, he knows right oh, when right, to cut right, out right, the microphones. Right. and Okay. His right. microphone Thanks doesn't work here. whenever he doesn't want it to. So my question for that last segment, I didn't exactly get to ask it to you because we kind of discussed it, and you were looking at me like, why are the lights dim for this whole segment and the crystal balls here? I wanted to know what 2020 is going to bring to housing. Now we talked about slight increase. You spoke with the gentleman and got your take. You know, since we record those shows and their podcasts forever. <laughs> What is 2020 going to bring? Maybe, you know, all lo- real estate's local. You heard what you heard here. Let's hear what's going to be in Central California. And then also maybe elaborate what buyers, sellers have to look forward to this year. Here in Central California, I see a robust, healthy market. Um, I don't see double-digit appreciation. I, I don't think it's going to go that fast and furious, but it's going to grow. Um, I do see interest rates uh, that they're just very affordable now. And of course, when I got in the business, they were up around 17%. So to be in the threes right now, that's unbelievable. And um, with interest rates that low too, it's an opportunity for those that are in a home to afford to pay a little extra on their mortgage and pay that mortgage down mm-hmm. faster yeah. because principal reduction is one of the four factors of equity growth. And it's probably the most forgotten of, of the four. Right. We tend, to, uh, we tend to hope for appreciation to get equity growth, but we can do it on the downside too. You know, it's interesting. And, and I'll get into the numbers a bit, but also keep in mind, every projection is just that. It's looking into that yeah. crystal ball, and honestly, I think everybody's crystal ball's a little bit fuzzy right now because of ex- external factors. Fuzzy in a false way? No, or? just fuzzy and we don't know. Uh, okay. uh, and there's, right. there's factors there that we won't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Interest rates, I believe, are gonna stay down for the year. Mm-hmm. We're in an election year. Everybody wants to get reelected. How do you do that? You keep interest rates down, keep everybody happy. So the economy is in such a position that I believe that it is going to keep interest rates where they are. In fact, they could be a little bit lower, but interestingly enough, you might be aware, there's a lot of foreign money coming into the United States right now because they actually have negative interest rates. 
So even if they make nothing here, they're still parking it for free, if you will, or making a little bit on it. So a lot of our interest rates are based on the treasury and a lot of foreign money is being pumped into the treasury right now, which keeps our rates kind of where they are as opposed to going down even further. But with that being said, I, I think you're going to see modest, at best, modest appreciation. I don't think you're going to see a lot of uh, market correction. Some of the less desirable areas we've already in the Bay Area, we've already seen some uh, mm -hmm. price corrections. Um, the higher end market, which <laughs> I hesitate to say, what just the higher say end the market. number because it's just uh, three really? three million and up. Oh yeah, yeah, entry. Mm -hmm. It's pretty pretty entry level, huh? Uh, no, not quite. Gosh, but three million and up is is definitely softened as far as the time on market. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't mm -hmm. seen a lot of price adjustments there, but uh, you potentially could. But I think it's still going to do okay. Um, the issue still is uh, we have a very 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 low inventory numbers yeah. across the board. I don't think that's going to change quickly. But interestingly enough, we talked about this at one of our radio shows before uh, when I've been out here with you guys. And when we get caught up in numbers, when we get caught up in appreciation, when we get caught up in how much is this house gonna make me, mm -hmm. we lose fact of what this is really supposed to be about, what it was always intended to be about, and that's home ownership, not money-making venture. It's great that your house appreciates, and, and we can get into the whole issue yeah. of leverage and all this stuff. But the bottom line is, and I tell this to my clients, buyers, especially first-time buyers when I sit down for the first time, if you're buying a house for the money issue, you're coming in it for the wrong reason. It's about home ownership, all that entails, what it means to be a homeowner. If, and, and this can sound a little bit corny, but I have always believed in it, always will. You have to think about how this country was first established. When people came to America, I wanted to own a little piece of something. I wanted my own farm. It didn't have to be big, but my own, that I could work and I could make a living for my family out of. And that sense of ownership has never wavered in this country. It's always been what it's about, is owning a little something that's mine. And I, I know that people like to put it in numbers of, it's oh, it's cheaper to be a renter, it's better to be a homeowner. Mm -hmm. That changes, the market changes. Real estate's cyclical like anything else. You will have growth, you'll have adjustment, and it'll go back. But it, as Don talked about the, just if you did nothing but buy a house and it never went up a nickel, and you owned it for 30 years and paid it off, it's almost like a forced savings account. Mm -hmm. But that yeah. intrinsic value of home ownership, I think, is mm -hmm. the more critical piece of all this and the important part. And if you look about it, and I'm not knocking renters at all. There's My kids are renters. I, I get it. Um, the people who own homes are more involved in their communities. Their kids are better educated. They get more involved in their communities because why? They want their better community because they own property there. There's so many facets that enter into home ownership. And until you actually get there, until you actually own that, say, this is mine, I'm proud of this, there's a certain sense of yeah. ego that goes with it. All those pieces that enter into it is so much more critical. And I'll prove it to you right now. If, and I sit there with buyers and say, if, if economics is the most important part, I say, think about the absolute worst place yeah. in the world that you could live around, around here. 
And you all know a neighbor, it's like, oh God, I wouldn't even drive through there. Well, if I put you in a home there, and I said after a year you can make $100,000, but you had to live there every day, mm-hmm. and your kids had to go to school there every day, would you live there? Not a chance. Well, that's purely an economic decision. So it's not about economics. I was gonna ask economics. you how much? Sorry? I was gonna ask you how much again? Yeah, because I was I thinking about it. I got it. you. $100,000. See, being from Fresno, that, that means a lot to us. No, I get that. But you could yeah. put any, no, I, I I'm you. serious, you could put any amount you want on it. But if the rules were that you had to live in an unsafe neighborhood where your family had to live there, your kids had to go to school mm-hmm. there, and, and, you, and your spouse had to be there every day when you went to work, and you knew it was an unsafe neighborhood, what amount of money could you put on it to say, yeah, we'll take that chance and live there? There wouldn't be. So what you're saying is home ownership is about family. It's about a safe, secure, warm place to, to live. It's not about the money. It's about all that. And yes, money does enter into it. There's no question. But what I know is the more important thing is find the place that you want to call home. Because... What I also know is you've got the best, and it doesn't have to be the worst neighborhood, but you've got a great deal on a house, but you hate the house. Mm-hmm. It do, every month what when you write that, that check yeah. for a little bit less, you're not going to say, oh, look at how much money I saved. Yep. No, you're going to, it's great for us because you're going to sell the house after a couple of years because you're going to hate living there. The, Find a place you want to call home. I think the Grammys are going to be on because I hear music, so that means they're going to cut us off. Jim Hamilton, Don Scordino. Jim, thanks for making the drive. Thanks for being there last night. Always a pleasure. Hey, I drove from Clovis. Donnie, be careful driving home, too. (laughs) And congratulations to both of you, our new CEO and our new president. You're listening to Welcome Home Radio. We'll be back next week. I think Noe Cruz is on, local realtor. Have a great weekend, everybody, and a good week. Bye-bye.